inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So going to be on with you. Praise be to God this Friday, June the 17th, 2022. You have survived the week. Praise be to God. The weekend is upon you now. And I am looking forward to this new invention they call sleep. I can't wait to try it out for the first time this week. It's going to be excellent. Hopefully I will we'll be able to uh, enjoy that a little bit. But uh, whatever your weekend is going to be like, praise be to God, we're going to be having a great show today. In fact, we're going to talk to Randy Bowling from the Loretto House up in the Denton, Texas area. You know, we're talking about the wrath of Ruth and Jane. Uh, pregnancy clinics has, have been attacked all across the country, as we were discussing the other day. And I was reading a list, and not included on that list was the Loretto House, but they were hit. And uh, Randy Bullock is going to be on our show to tell us about that, coming up at 35 past the hour. Uh, in the next hour, though, you might have heard by now, maybe you have, have not, but Bishop Robert McManus from Worcester, Massachusetts, has issued a decree saying that the school, a school, a Jesuit school in his diocese, can no longer be called Catholic because of their ardent, persistent refusal to stop embracing the LGBTQ pride flag and Black Lives Matter and other really key issues in the diocese that he has been trying to work out for a long time now. And this is his last and final straw right so we're going to talk about that with david l gray at the top of the next hour so about an hour from now for those of you that can join us please do so but there's lots of stories in the news uh here's one that i find interesting the church's head of divine worship says vatican ii promoted a new liturgy so the latin mass must be regulated okay that's fake news but still that is a real story and we're going to talk about that Coming up at 15 past the hour, President Joe Biden and his staff are considering declaring a public health emergency if Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court. So more executive action from the White House. We may get into that. And uh, sad news here, the Abbott baby formula plant in Michigan has just reopened and is now just shutting down again because of flooding. So that's going to continue to be a real issue for many uh, moms trying to feed their children today. So let's pray about that. Good morning to you, Mike Koeniger. Well, good morning, Joe. How are you on this uh, wonderful Friday? Uh, I am. I'm so exhausted, to be honest. I'm. Oh, come on. We can do this. I, I'm so tired. I, not a lot of sleep happened this week. Uh, but by the grace of God, we will sleep when we are dead, apparently. I've been told that anyway. So whether it's true or not, it's a different story altogether. Speaking of no sleep, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. You know, yesterday was absolutely wonderful. I got like three hours of sleep, but otherwise it was really great because I went on that. We had a beautiful procession that we, though, our mass started 30 minutes late because Deacon got a flat tire and so we uh, were doing a solemn high mass, and we needed our deacon. So we had to sit there, and everybody was waiting 
for a deacon to show up, but it was good. Praise be to God. It was a beautiful procession, beautiful liturgy, and I got to see some old friends I haven't seen in a very long time, so a lot yeah. of my friends were there at the Mass. Yeah, we had a beautiful High Mass as well, um, a beautiful procession. It was quite lovely, but it was also quite late, and, you know, so that made life yeah, I got a, home at like midnight. a lot more challenging, to say the least. But nonetheless, we're, we are going to have a great show. If we can just get the brain and the mouth to work together, it's going to be great. Praise be to God. Um, let's see here. What's on the agenda this weekend, Mike? Oh, you know, all I do is work on the house. <laughs> so it's all church you do. and work on the house. <laughs> Your wife's got you trained. This is great. When you're done, come on by. I've got a list. This is going to be, we'll finally get some stuff done. How about you come here first? Uh, yeah, I'm going to work on that. Uh, this October, as a matter of fact, I'll drive right past it. It's going to be great. On my way to, as you go by. <laughs> on my way to New Hampshire, I'll be, hey, how you doing, praise God. My wife does have a honeydew list, you know, so we'll, we'll see how that goes this week. And there's, there's always something. My biggest task, I find, is just being playing Uber and just, you know, driving, driving people around. Around At, here, it's called the Papa Taxi. So yeah. Papa takes you everywhere. <laughs> right. At $5 a gallon. So right. <laughs> that's, that's I'm like, we need to stop doing things because we just can't afford it anymore. It's too expensive. All right. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We have a lot to jump into. As I said, we're going to talk to... Uh, Randy Bolig from the Loretto House at 35 past, and David O'Gray at the top of the next hour, and so much in between. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Mike Koeniger. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, June 17th, and these are your headlines. Rising crime in Minneapolis spreads to the suburbs. Crime rates in Minneapolis, St. Paul suburban area have risen at an alarming rate as violent crime continues to surge in the Twin Cities following the death of George Floyd in 2020, according to a report. The Star Tribune compiled data from recent years on crime in the suburban cities of the St. Paul, Minneapolis metro areas, finding the communities documented 51 homicides last year, an increase of more than 100% compared to pre-pandemic days of 2019, which saw just 22. Most took place just north of the two cities. In a related story, 92% of New Yorkers say crime is a serious problem. Crime continues to be an overriding issue for New Yorkers. At least 90% of voters from every party, every region, and every race say crime is a serious problem in the state, with at least 57% saying it's a very serious problem. That includes 79% of black voters who agree, according to a Siena College poll. Moreover, 6 out of 10 New Yorkers say they are worried they could be the victim of a crime. The Epic Times tells us that North Korea faces an infectious disease outbreak amid COVID-19 battle. North Korea reported an outbreak of an unidentified intestinal epidemic in a farming region on Thursday, putting further strain on the isolated country as it battles chronic food shortages and a wave of COVID-19 infections. Leader Kim Jong-un sent medicine to the western port city of Haiju on Wednesday to help patients suffering from acute enteric epidemic, state news agency KCNA said, without giving the number affected or identifying the disease. 
Biden released more than 95,000 border crosses into the U.S. in May. New court filings by Biden's Department of Homeland Security revealed that the agency released over 95,000 border crossers into American communities last month as part of its expansive catch-and-release network that deploys non-governmental organizations to fly and bus foreign nationals into the United States interior. The figure shows that in a single month, the Biden administration added a foreign population to the United States that is about the same size as as the city of Albany, New York. In April, 118,000 border crossers were released, and in March, the agency released more than 80,000 into American communities. None of these figures include the hundreds of thousands who successfully entered the U.S. undetected. And our final story for this segment, multiple abortion survivors says God helped her forgive birth parents who did everything to abort her, calling her birth mother's womb the scariest place in the world. A woman who survived multiple abortion attempts has chosen forgiveness with the help of her adopted parents. Dawn Milberger, 55, lives in the central Texas Hill Country with her husband of 21 years. She knew she was an adopted child, but didn't find out until she was uh, uh, didn't find out she was also an abortion survivor until she was 18. Milberger said that she embraced forgiveness after realizing that the resentment-laden path of unforgiveness only leads to more bitterness rendering the resentful useless by our creator. Milberger has been speaking publicly about abortion survival forgiveness and the beauty of adoption for almost three decades. She said that often people are shocked to know that there is even something like an abortion attempt survivor. And those are your headlines for this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Necton of Heartland. Born sometime in the early 5th century, Necton was born in Ireland but moved to Wales when he was young in around 423 AD. The eldest of 24 children, yes, you heard me right, 24 children, of King Brycon of now Brecknock in Wales. Necton heard of the great hermit of the Egyptian desert, Saint Anthony, and was inspired to imitate his way of life. Seeking greater solitude, Necton and his companions left Wells, intending to settle wherever their boat happened to land. Necton and his companions wound up on the northern coast of Devon at Heartland, where they lived for several years in a dense forest. The saint's family would visit him there on the last day of the year. Later, he relocated to a remote valley with a spring. At Heartland, Necton lived in the solitude of a remote valley where he helped a swineherd recover his lost pigs and in turn was given a gift of two cows. Necton's cows were stolen and after finding them, he attempted to convert the robbers to the Christian faith. In return, he was attacked by the robbers who cut off his head. The same authority says that he picked his head up and walked back to his well before collapsing and dying. Seeing this, the man who killed St. Necton went out of his mind, but the other thief buried him. From that time, miracles began to take place at Necton's tomb, and tradition also says that wherever Necton's blood fell, foxgloves grew. Necton is also associated with St. Necton's Glen and Waterfall at Trechtvi near Tintagal in Cornwall, where it is claimed that he spent some time as a hermit. Necton is believed to have sighted his hermitage above the waterfall. According to legend, he rang a silver bell in times of a stormy weather to warn the shipping of the perils of the rocks at the mouth of Rock Valley. He is also had to have appeared in 937 on the eve of the Battle of Brungbra. A young man from Hurtland felt himself afflicted with the plague and called upon God and St. Necton to help him. He appeared to the young man just after midnight and touched the afflicted area of the body, healing him. 
And when King Ashton heard of this, asking for more information about St. Nectin, the young man urged the king to have faith in St. Nectin with faith, and he would be victorious. After the battle, uh, Athelstan visited Hartland and donated property to the saint's church. He died on June 17, 510. St. Nectin of Hartland, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 23. Lay not up to yourselves treasures on earth, where the rust and moth consume, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up to yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither the rust nor the moth doth consume, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where thy treasure is, there is thy heart also. The light of the body is the eye. And if the eye be single, the whole body shall be lightsome. But if the eye be evil, the whole body shall be darksome. If then the light that is in thee be darkness, the darkness itself, how great shall it be. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom would say, Archbishop in the 4th century, he would say, the eye he speaks of is not the external but the internal eye. The light is the understanding through which the soul sees God. He whose heart is turned to God has an eye full of light. That is, his understanding is pure, not distorted by the influence of worldly lusts. The darkness in us is our bodily senses, which always desire the things that pertain to darkness. Whoso then has a pure eye, that is, a spiritual understanding, preserves his body in light, that is, without sin. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Adrian, do you have anything? Yes. Uh, a couple things from Cornelius Lapide. Only got a minute, but he says here, lay not your treasures, not for yourselves. And Christ here shows that there are true, what what the true riches are, which are the false, the, the true, the heavenly. The false is the earthly. Note the three modes of corruption that our Lord lists out. He says the moth corrupts garments, rust corrupts the gold and the silver, and thieves steal everything else. He said, Christ here calls men away from their desire of riches by three considerations. One, because they are fleeting and corruptible. Two, because they darken the mind. And three, because they draw the whole mind to themselves. So it cannot serve God, for no one is able to serve two masters, such as God and mammon. For where your treasure is, what thou valuest, what thou lovest and delightest in. What is the dearest to thee of all things on which thou spendest thy time and thoughts? So think about it, he says. He says, what do you think about the most? If you're thinking of heavenly things, then you are clearly of loving heaven. If you think of earthly things, then you are like a mole who buries thy heart in the earth. And there's so much more for Cornelius Lapide, but we'll have to leave it at that. Maybe we can get into it in the after show. If you can join us for that, that'd be lovely. But right after this very short break, we have a What's Concerning Us coming up and... Oof, I understand the country is getting darker by the day. Let's talk about that coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. 
Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Among the many arguments relativists give to prove their worldview, one is that moral beliefs change. For example, they might say, we used to believe slavery was okay, but now we don't. If there were moral absolutes, well then moral beliefs wouldn't change. How do we respond? Well, we can ask the relativists if we've morally progressed in changing our country's slavery laws. Assuming they say yes, we can point out the fact that progress implies an objective moral standard that our society better conforms to today than it did 150 plus years ago. But if there's an objective moral standard that we've progressed toward, well then morality is not relative. So the relativist either has to give up on the idea that we've progressed morally in order to keep relativism or reject relativism to keep the idea of moral progress. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClendon. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, uh, Randy Bolig is going to be our guest from the Loretto House. It's a pregnancy clinic up in the Denton, Texas area. And they were uh, targeted. They were attacked. So we're going to be talking about the wrath of Jane and Ruth and what that means for their work to help women who find themselves in crisis pregnancies. All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Uh, But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Here's a story that we won't get into now, but uh, the headline says Worcester Bishop to issue formal decision Thursday on prohibiting Nativity School from identifying as Catholic for flying the pride Black Lives Matter flags. Uh, So hats off to the bishop in Worcester, Massachusetts. Praise be to God. Thank you for your your uh, courage there. And we're going to be talking about that with David L. Gray at the top of the next hour for those of you, of you that can join us. So I encourage you to tune in. You can always do so on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But uh, I saw a story this morning in the news uh, from Breitbart. Actually, I think I saw this. I might have seen this yesterday, actually, if I'm being honest. And uh, the headline says, poll shows half of Americans give poor rating to the U.S. on moral values. And I find this, I found this fascinating. It's definitely caught my attention because I've said this before on the program. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith or trust in our fellow citizens to, to make truly godly decisions. I hate to say that, but I don't. And I think the first time I felt that way uh, was when I, uh, the 2008 election that elected the most pro-abortion president uh, in the White House to date, that was uh, President Barack Obama, and uh, and I was shocked by that. Like, how could a majority of Americans vote for somebody who so outwardly, so boldly in support of abortion, someone who embraces everything Planned Parenthood uh, imbibes, uh, mostly because they also you know help to fund his campaign and all of that. But nonetheless, I was just shocked that Americans would do that. It just seemed I don't know, crazy to me. And, of course, everybody talked about, well, then you must not like him because of the color of his skin. I couldn't care less about the color of a person's skin. I care about the color of their character. And I was shocked that we would want to support the intrinsic evil of abortion that takes the lives of so many people of color in our country. So when I see stories like this one, you know, it always catches my attention because... 
Golly gee whiz, is it possible that Americans are waking up to the slippery slope that we have been on now for a quite a while? So here's a little bit from this article out of Breitbart. It says, Gallup has been tracking Americans' view of U.S. morals for the past two decades and noted that while negative views have been the, quote, norm, unquote, the current 50% poor rating is the highest on record by one percentage point. 37% of those polled say the U.S. morals are, quote, only fair, uh, unquote. Only 1% say the state of moral values is excellent, and 12% say, quote, it's good, close quote. So 37% say it's fair. And then 1% say it's excellent. I want to know who those one percenters are that say that our current moral compass, our moral values, are excellent. I don't understand how you get to this conclusion. But nonetheless, the article goes on to say, quote, These findings from Gallup, uh, May, uh, May 2nd through the 22nd, uh, the values and beliefs poll are generally generally in line with perceptions since 2017, except for a slight improvement in views in 2020 when Donald Trump was ru- was running for re-election. On average, since 2002, 43% of U.S. adults have rated moral values in the United States as poor, 38% as fair, and 18% as excellent or good. So that's a huge drop, 18% down to 1% in the excellent, excellent category. Gallup credits Republicans, quote, increasingly negative assessment, close quote, of the country's moral values as mostly responsible for the record high rating. Republicans' poor rating of moral values spiked after former President Donald Trump left office and is at its highest, 72% since Gallup began polling on the issue. At the same time, 36% of Democrats say that the state of moral values is poor, while a 40% uh, plurality rate is at, let me start over, a 48% plurality rate as only fair and 15% as excellent or good. So there's a huge stark. It just falls between party lines, right? If you're a conservative Republican, you think things are going badly, to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. And if you're a Democrat, hey, not so bad. Things are okay. They're looking up. I mean, after all, we are destroying the economy and the oil and gas business and all the rest. So, And we have drag queen hours. So what could be wrong here? What could go bad? That seems to be the way things are being interpreted at this point. But nonetheless, I do find it interesting that it seems to me that the majority of the middle, the people in the middle are starting to realize, right or left, conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, I think they're beginning to wake up to say, golly gee whiz, we don't want uh, roaming gangs breaking into stores and stealing things in mass or the random acts of violence that happens on the streets of the boroughs of New York, or the rampant gun violence in the cities of Chicago, or the, so the city streets of Chicago, or the, the insane uh, synthetic drug addiction and zombie-like uh, epidemic that's happening on the streets of Philadelphia, or the rampant illegal immigration which uh, traffics in uh, women and children uh, in, in 
numbers that we haven't seen, record high numbers. I mean, 10,000 more in May than the month before. That's how bad things are getting down on the border. Drugs are, are drug addictions are just insane. Depression is high. Suicide is high. We're seeing all, all of this insanity uh, of these gay pride events where children are exposed to this. The war for the soul of the next generation and the children at the public school system. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Is it any wonder, then, that we don't want to see this level of insanity anymore, that we feel like the world is not getting better, it's actually getting worse? And I, 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 I... You know, there's lots of things we could say, you know, as this article points out, it says, oh, well, it's Republicans feeling of this or it's the Democrat feeling of that. But here's an article that I think is a, a sort of a canary in the cage in the mine type of thing. I saw this over at Blaze Media. It said Colts starting safety. Kari Willis gets ridiculed by some for retiring from the NFL to become Christian minister. Quote, God isn't real. This is crazy. Close quote. I bring this up because I used to run a YouTube channel where I created videos on uh, traditional archery. Uh, I shoot a recurve bow. I hunt with my bow. I shoot, we, my kids love to shoot. We, we enjoy quite a bit. And so I was making a lot of videos, and I built a nice little audience around the world of other people who love to shoot uh, archery. And I used to mention God because I'm a Catholic and I only do things for the glory of God, even to include shooting my bow. And I would get ridiculed all the time for mentioning God. Well, we live in a day and an age where people reject God so much, so quickly, so casually, that they can't even begin to wrap their mind around how someone would finally make it to the NFL and realize it is not fulfilling in the way that they might have dreamed of as a kid. And that they find their fullness in Christ and want to preach that from the mountaintops for the rest of their life. And that is more valuable to them than no amount of money that can be put in an NFL paycheck. They can't begin to even understand it. Is it any wonder then that our country is getting as bad as it is? Adrian? Yes. You know, I was just thinking while you were saying this and these two stories, I think, really connect because you know, Cornelius Alapide talks about how the there's two things that lead us away from God, and that's sin and heresy. Of course, heresy is a type of sin, but he's talking about moral sin, about like moral actions. And so he says that if you start believing in heresy, like saying you don't believe in God, it's going to God really lead you to committing mortal mortal sins, like against adultery and things like that. It works inversely as well. That if you start doing immoral actions, that it's going to conform to the way of your belief. It's going to change the way you believe and the way you pray. That's why people often will cite Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi. The law of prayer is a law of belief. But there's actually a third part of that, which is Lex Vivendi, which is a law of how you live your life. So it's Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivendi. The law of prayer is a law of belief, is a law of your life. Mm. And all those three things connect with one another. If any one of those change or are erroneous, well, then it leads the other ones astray as well. So if you start living poorly, the way you pray and the way you believe are going to be damaged. If you pray poorly, the way you believe and the way you act are going to change. And if your beliefs change and are erroneous, well, then the way you pray and the way you act are going to change. So all these things are interconnected. And I think you just explicated that with those stories like really well. Well, Mike, I was thinking as you were talking about this and as Adrian was speaking, 
And I'm reminded of about 20 years ago after the 9-11 attack when a young man who was playing, I believe, for the Cardinals decided there were things bigger in life than playing football. His name was Pat Tillman. And he literally left the NFL and joined the military and went into the special forces. So I just wanted to point out that you're 23, you start to assess life, and you start thinking things are bigger than the NFL. Yeah, and then he, he gave his life. Uh, he died in combat, if I'm not mistaken. He, he did, and it was a sad story. Friendly fire, by the way, which was the, the tragic part of it. You know, uh, we're, so, we're so trained. Even in, even, I see this all the time, even among Catholic families, you know, homeschool families, even traditional Catholic families. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I, I find that most Catholic families are kind of in the same boat as far as the pressures about how to raise their kids and what their kids need to do and like getting their kids off to college or, or like they've got to become, you know, sports stars. So the kids at very young ages are working 14 hour days to train in their sports so that someday maybe they can become a pro at it. And they give their entire life to this thing. And then they realize that maybe this thing that they've been training their whole life for isn't as fulfilling as as they thought it might have been that it's not it is not everything to obtain the highest level of perfection in athletics or academia or or really anything in life other than getting to heaven heaven is the only thing that will fulfill us it is the only thing that matters is dying in a state of grace and the friendship of god and make it to the beatific vision if you don't do that you failed doesn't matter how many hours you put in for practice uh blood sweat and tears in the in the uh, campus library or on the uh, athletic field, or in the office, it doesn't much matter if you don't make it to heaven. And our world is so geared away from God and towards the here and the now, the world of flesh and the devil, that I'm reminded of James in his epistle, when he says, we are not to be a friend of the world. I mean, I think so often the message that is communicated to us, even from the Vatican sometimes, is to all we have to befriend the world. True, bef true friendship to the world would mean that we must... Be salt to the world and help the world to conversion. It is not to, in, you know, befriend the world in the way the world wants to work. And so it shouldn't surprise us in any way, shape, or form that a majority of middle-of-the-road Americans who really are more agnostic than anything, they're going, you know what, this is not good. The moral compass is broken in our country, and we are not headed in a good place. It is a bad place. But you can't vote the solution into office because we already have a king. And his name is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let's make him king again in our hearts and once again in our country. We are a young and diverse generation helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, 
The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. White House responds to more U.S. oil drilling. We don't need to do that. White House Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre on Thursday rejected calls from oil companies to increase oil drilling on U.S. lands amid record high gas prices. When asked about why the Biden administration is pressuring oil companies to increase productivity at refineries rather than carrying out new drilling projects. Right after Biden took office in January 2021, he signed a flurry of executive orders, including suspending new drilling leases on federal lands, ending the Keystone XL pipeline project, and killing federal fossil fuel subsidies. I had to say that three times. The American Petroleum Institute and American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers responded to the Biden allegations saying refiners do not make multi-billion dollar investments based on short-term returns. They look at long-term supply and demand fundamentals and make investments as appropriate. To that end, following on your campaign promises to end fossil fuel, considering just some of the policy investment signals being sent. USA Today reporter resigns after getting caught fabricating 23 stories. USA Today removed 23 of its articles from its site after an internal investigation revealed one of its reporters, Gabriela Miranda, had fabricated sources. After receiving an external correction request, USA Today audited the reporting work of Gabriela Miranda. The audit revealed that some individuals quoted were not affiliated with the organization's claim and appeared to be fabricated. As a result, USA Today removed 23 articles from its websites and other platforms for not meeting our editorial standards. Miranda has resigned as a reporter for USA Today. And in the final story, we prayed for this day. Governor Kristi Noem announces abortions have stopped in South Dakota. The New York Times confirmed that the last abortion was performed in South Dakota this week, and we should remember that child in our prayers. Noem celebrated the news on Twitter Thursday, saying, Abortions have stopped in South Dakota. We have prayed for this day, and now it is here. Now we must redouble our focus on taking care of mothers in crisis. Help is available for you. Adoption is always an option. You are never alone. And those are your headlines. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Mike, for keeping us up today. We really appreciate you pitching in this week while Rudy decided, you know, he needed a uh, an extended stay, an extended weekend. I mean, good grief. Guy works, you know, two news breaks a day and has to take. I'm, I'm teasing, of course. Uh, he's got a brand new baby. They haven't slept much either. <laughs> he, he's a slacker. He needs to step <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, they're enjoying their time over in San Antonio, actually. So they're getting to play tourists. So we're excited for them for that. But uh, we're grateful that you've uh, been a part of our program the last couple of days. So uh, thank you for that, Mike. God bless you. It's always a lot of fun. I always love being here. And uh, you notice I ended both segments with a good news story. So uh, yeah. following in Rudy's footsteps. Amen to that. Is, we love the good news, too. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Uh, by the way, if, you, if you're on the email list, you got an email yesterday. Uh, I, I didn't send one the week before. So make sure you, t- you are on the email list. And if you still want to get the special piece of content that I sent, which I thought you know, there was a contrast yesterday between the horrible thing that happened uh, in Italy 
where these Italians mocked Our Lady in such a disgusting way. I contrasted that with something very positive, something very hopeful and inspirational in the email. So if you got the email from me, you know what I'm talking about. The Mystical City of God is just really a beautiful video. And if you want to get access to that video, you can go to our website right now, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Scroll down, click that link that says the CDT Insider email, sign up, and you will get it in your inbox on Sunday about uh, noon 30 central time. So do that today. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up to the Insider email. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via phone, though, uh, from Denton, Texas area is Randy Bolick. He's with the Loretto House, a crisis pregnancy clinic. And uh, we're grateful to have you on the show this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you. It's a privilege to be able to speak with you today. Yeah, praise be to God. We're grateful for your time. The other day, I read an article, I think it was on Breitbart, and they listed 23 crisis pregnancy clinics around the country that have felt the wrath of Jane and Ruth uh, and these uh, pro-abortion far-left advocates who are attacking these clinics. But Loretto House was not on that list. And one of our insider listeners uh, said, hey, you should talk to the Loretto House. So we we reached out to you. So we're grateful that you're on today. Can you start by telling us what is the Loretto House and what happened to you? Well, Loretto House is a Catholic pregnancy center in Denton, Texas. And uh, we've been in existence for about 15 years. Uh, we're very busy. We serve women with a multitude of uh, services. Uh, of course, everything is free. We have um, sonograms. We have a, an in-house nurse. We have a doula. Uh, we provide uh, parenting classes. And we serve our guests. You know, we walk with the moms through the pregnancy and up to 36 months after the child is born. Uh, we typically will serve, we'll have appointments scheduled anywhere from 40 to 50 a day. And wow. we're very prominent in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I think that's why we were targeted first. Uh, on May 7th, which was a Saturday, you know, we were hit. And I believe we were the very first one in the country. Really? And then... Yeah, because I started searching immediately through the media, and I couldn't find any other centers that had been attacked like ours, and then it just grew from there. So I, I we don't have the perpetrator caught yet. Uh, fortunately, I, I have a very extensive video system, mm. and I was able to get – we believe it was a, a, a woman. We believe it was a woman. And um, the local police uh, have an investigation. I am told that they are very close to making an arrest, and they are waiting on digital evidence from the FBI. So I don't know if if they're associated with Jane's revenge. Mm. The wording that they did on our center was odd because it was uh, forced pregnancy is murder. This is not a clinic. Um, But... I did see an article somewhere recently where we were mentioned, uh, I think it was on Fox News, uh, someone sent me something a couple of days ago that uh, someone with Jane's Revenge had mentioned our center that they had something to do with that. Oh, wow. I don't know the credibility of that, but we are, we are very concerned. Um, 
this is it's frightening because yeah. you know we're and I considered it a hate crime and because we are a religious organization we have a we have a private oratory in our facility we have a tabernacle with the blessed sacrament wow, wow. and we have mass we have mass at at our facility for our staff so we're totally catholic and the public knows that so I would love for the FBI to designate this a hate crime and bring out all of their resources to uh, apprehend these people, at least. But to my knowledge, there's been no arrest nationwide on all of these attacks. No, there hasn't been, has there? That's obviously incredibly concerning. Um, and there's been a lot of pressure uh, placed on Merrick Garland to actually, you know, prosecute and investigate and prosecute these crimes. But whether or not that will happen is, remains to be seen. So let me, can I just get some more details? So on the attack on your clinic, was it graffiti? Was there, because there's been some that have been firebombed. What was the extent yeah. to the, the damage? Uh, the total cost was over $2,500. It was graffiti. They destroyed our front monument sign with graffiti. Mm. That had to be replaced. The brick on our building, although we did, get the graffiti off it left a stain so we had to replace the brick uh we had to repaint the front door so yeah under texas law uh, vandalism that exceeds twenty five hundred dollars is a class a state felony oh wow and so we're talking serious time in jail and that's not not even considering if the fbi declares this a hate crime then we're talking about federal prosecution mm. so uh that person well it's, I, it's persons because we we've seen some evidence that there was a person that let her off in a car down the street oh wow so you know it's a conspiracy there's more than one person that perpetrated the crime against us hmm. um you know i was just reading an, I, I was just reading an article out of the breitbart about the the, uh, the Gallup poll on the moral compass of our country and where people think we are good, bad, or excellent, and uh, and it's at a record high for bad. It's mo now majority of Americans feel like our country is not doing well. And uh, I was listing off a number of things that aren't going well. You know, one that I didn't that you just reminded me of is somehow we our uh, many citizens in our country seem to think that if they have some righteous indignation. Therefore, that gives them the right to destroy or take someone else's property, uh, destroying or, or damaging your clinic, firebombing others, stealing people's MAGA hats, for instance, or ripping their signs out of their yard. I mean, we just have this weird sense that if, uh, if I am outraged by whatever it is that you have or do, then I am therefore entitled to come and destroy your property. It, it, it's, it's unexplainable, it's really. Well, this is really reminiscent of Germany, 1938, where the brown shirts were sent out to terrorize Jewish businesses, and we know how that ends. Uh, I can give you a little update also. Uh, yesterday, I received notice. Uh, I'm, I'm out of town right now from Denton, but I got notice that we had received a death threat. Oh, wow. Hold that and thought. Let's pause there for one second. We're up against a hard break here with Randy Bolick from the Loretto House a Pregnancy Clinic in the Denton, Texas area. 
And we're going to continue this conversation. We'll pick it up right there with this death threat right on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should churches have a structure of hierarchy? Your average non-Catholic evangelical church would say, no, not needed. Why? Each church or denomination should be autonomous and choose their own way of governing. Well, that's wrong. Hierarchy engenders pride and ego. Same as false humility. What works in Tulsa may not work in Paris. Let's not forget that Jesus and his church cross international boundaries. So my Catholic friend, here's your toolbox for evangelism. Natural reason, the Bible and the church. Natural reason says all social and legal institutions necessitate certain human boundaries and designated leadership. Religion is not exempt. The Bible. St. Peter, St. James, John, and Paul's letters show clear standards of jurisdiction and authority with ramifications if ignored. And the Catholic Church says St. Peter was given a chair, and from that authoritative chair, the Holy Spirit was promised to lead the chat chair till Christ comes. That is safe, and that is right. This is Steve Gleason with Catholic Questions Live. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's the Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Randy Bolig is our guest. He is with Loretto House, a pregnancy clinic in the Denton, Texas area, the first in the nation to be attacked once the leaked document came out of the Supreme Court. And we're all still waiting for the actual decision to come down. And although uh, it's possible it could come down, not, not uh, overturning Roe v. Wade in this Dobbs decision, but it looks as though that it will happen. I mean, why else do you need riot fencing at, around the Supreme Court and increased security? Uh, because pro-lifers won't rampage. They won't burn. They won't destroy like the far left uh, uh, do, the, the pro-aborts do. So, uh, Randy, you were saying right before the break that not only has your clinic been attacked, but now you've received death threats. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, we are... Uh, since May 7th, we were receiving horrible, vulgar messages left on our voicemail. And yesterday, there was a call that went directly to our nurse. And this person, it was a man, and uh, best I can tell from uh, what my center director is telling me is that this man called and said, I want to get a sonogram to verify that the baby is dead. And so that's an odd thing, you know, wow. for someone to say. And our nurse said the the discussion quickly became very, very bad. And he ended up saying, well, I will be so glad when all of you people are dead. Wow. And so, yes, so I have uh, notified the police. that That is a death threat. And so they're telling us, what they want for us they're telling us what their game plan is and you know we're doing everything we can to beef up our security uh, it's it's very frightening it really is because 
you know, if they would just take the time to come in, make an appointment to visit with us and let us show them exactly what we do to serve women. It's just crazy. I mean, we're here to love the mom. We're not forcing women to give birth. You know, we just love the women. I have 15 beautiful, holy Catholic women who are serving our guests with the heart of Mary. And we just try and love the mom so that she in turn can love her baby. You know, we don't condemn the women. We don't show ugly videos or graphic images. It's all about how can we help remove the obstacles that are keeping you from loving this baby and still reaching your life's goal. That's what we're all about. We try and emulate our Blessed Mother, Loretto House. And we're very successful. Uh, If people will go look at our five-star Google reviews, I mean, we serve women of all or no faiths, and we get glowing five-star reviews. Yeah, I noticed that. We have, yeah, we have, we have Muslims. We have, uh, we're in a college town, so we get, I mean, New Agers. We get witches. We get Wiccans. We get everything and no faith. And what's interesting is, you know, they come in and we have no strings attached. You know, we're we're there just to love them and help them. And they appreciate that. Uh, but yet the people on the other side, they think we're evil and we're uh, taking advantage of women. And it's just so bizarre. I, I've been I've been in the pro-life effort for 25 years. Wow. I spent a lot of time praying in front of abortion mills. You know, we've served thousands and thousands of women. We know what abortion is, what effect it has on women. And the big complaint that the pro-abortion community has always had is all you care about is the baby. Mm. Well, of course, that's not true. For 15 years, we've been serving the mom with our model that helps her through the pregnancy and onward. But they don't consider that. You know, it's, it's... it's an ideology that they have accepted that does give them license to destroy. You know, they want to firebomb us. That is, that's what they want. Matter of fact, uh, if you read the James Revenge fatwa, you know, that came out 30 days ago, they said all pregnancy centers must be closed. And now I've heard in that last report that we have just now passed the 30 day period and now they have said, okay, you didn't close, so now you're going to reap the rewards of your failing to, you know, consent to our demands. And I think that may be why this second death threat came on the 30th day. You know, that, that's may be, interesting, Randy. It may be a conspiracy, yeah. No, I think that's uh, it's very interesting to me because, like you mentioned a second ago, the left and these pro-abortion activists often will throw the accusation, oh, you just care about, you're just pro-birth. You don't actually care about the woman. And here you are in a bunch of other pregnancy centers all over America being run out of charity to help women before and after birth. And they want to destroy these. They want to attack them. Yeah. It's, it's completely contradictory to what they're saying. Uh, that just like absolutely blows my mind, not to mention... The idea of saying, oh, you're just pro-birth, you want to force women to give birth, it's like, well, you, you do realize there's only one way that that baby comes out of them, and that's by giving birth. You're either going to give birth to a living baby or a dead one. Those are the only two options. You're going to have to give birth. Uh, what say you about this seemingly 
contradiction in their own ideology to say we want to we if you really want to be pro-life you have to care about the woman before and after not just be pro-birth and then they attack pregnancy centers well you've got to understand uh the educational system from the time a child is five years old they are being uh indoctrinated into my choice my body i can be anything and abortion is just part of their world and so they have a mentality already that has reduced the child to an insignificant uh, product of conception or whatever they would say uh, we have what's interesting too is the propaganda is very very intense we have women that are coming in now who are saying to us i'm afraid if i miscarry i'm going to be put in jail Oh. And it's like, what? Where in the law does it state that? Uh, they're being whipped up into a frenzy, and that's where this license to come attack us comes from is how dare these pregnancy centers you know, pr- promote laws that destroy our rights and they're going to put us in jail. It's false. But And I had another uh, – I had a, a uh, pregnancy center director from – another place in the state say you know they call the abortion mills occasionally to find out what's going on you know gather intel and so they called and the person that answered the phone said oh and be sure you don't go to those pregnancy centers because they have this special software on their sonogram machines that all they have to do is hit a button and it'll show a beating heart wow whoa what where did that wow and that's that's what women are being told. It's like... I mean, if they're willing to kill babies, their lying isn't too, too big of a deal. Right. Yeah, so we have to deal with responding to that lack of knowledge when you know women are coming in petrified. But, you know, they just they don't understand to, to check us out. You know, at Loretto House, we distribute anywhere from fifteen to 25,000 diapers a month, plus wipes, plus cribs, plus clothing. I mean, it just flows out of the building because, you know, when you're serving 40, 50 women a day, they're all coming in and they need help. And the women we serve are poor. And a $30 box of diapers is a big chunk out of their budget. Yeah. Um, and they're grateful for for what we do. Um, the day after the attack, the attack was on a Saturday, and on that following Monday, we opened just as normal. I didn't have a chance to obviously clean everything off, so we were serving probably 30 women that day who walked through the door of Loretto House, and it said, not a clinic, spray-painted on there. And our guests were just mortified that somebody would do that to Loretto House. Uh, it was edifying that they had such support for us, but they said, why would somebody do that? So, so what can we do as Catholics to support you and institutions like yours? Um, well, obviously, you know, we need financial support um, because we are, we're also building a second center in Flower Mound. So if I may pass the hat around and just say, please, you know, go to LorettoHouseBenefactors.org. That is our benefactor website. Learn how you can partner with us. Obviously, the most important thing is prayer. Write to your political representatives and 
ask them, why are you not speaking out and condemning this violence against the pregnancy centers? They're just silent, many. I, I think some are. We need our our citizens to rise up and say, speak out and condemn this. This is wrong. Our country, we're not Germany. This is not, I mean, we know the history of these kind of activities, and it can be stopped. But yeah. we need people to rise up. Amen. We're just about uh, a minute now to go with uh, Randy Bolick from the Loretto House, a pregnancy center over in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that was attacked, first in the nation, actually. Uh, but just with seconds on the clock, Randy, do you, how do you feel your security is moving forward? Are you going to have to hire full-time security to keep watch, or how do you think this will impact you? you got about uh, 60 seconds. Well, I, I obviously I can't afford to pay $60 an hour for a police officer to be there all the time. Plus, I think having a policeman at the front door would frighten our guests. That's yeah. not the right message. Uh, without disclosing our methods and what we've done, I will say publicly that we have increased our security. We're doing everything that we can. We have sought professional advice. Uh, we are uh, working with the diocese. Uh, as far as, you know, maintaining proper protocols as best that we can. Uh, but we're not closing. We are staying open. Um, we just have to. We have to stand up to this. But yeah. uh, we're doing everything we can. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, we're grateful to you, Randy, for you and your your family, and their great uh, pro-life work here at this pregnancy clinic. Uh, God, God bless you. God love you, Randy, and have Thank a great day. All right, Loretto House. You can check them out online at LorettoHouse.org if you wish. But uh, you might consider not maybe just supporting Loretto House, but your local pregnancy clinic, your, your crisis pro-life pregnancy clinic doing amazing things for families to help them in a moment of need. Consider reaching out and supporting them, volunteering or financial or otherwise. Hey, David L. Gray is going to be at the top of the next hour. If you can join us, we'd love to see you then. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Atheists have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge his existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So, is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate and plenty of time for you to get to confession before Mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, You are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that he exists and is evil. You are free to say that he would like to exist if he could. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. You may water him down with gallons of long words or boil him to rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a This is Jose. And this is Rosa, and we're from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio, Radio for, for your soul. soul. I'm keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Welcome back to the show. It's laughing. I uh, gave my, one of my sons is here with us. And I'm like, here, go make me coffee. And I realized I had to explain to him how to operate the Kerrigan machine. Under 10 seconds. <laughs> it ought to be interesting to see what I get back. <laughs> is it going to be coffee? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out. But welcome back to the show. Uh, great conversation there with Randy Bullock last segment in the last hour from the Loretto House Pregnancy Clinic up in the Denton uh, DFW area. I lived in Denton for a time, way back in the day. Um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I moved to Denton, and I started working at a machine shop in Addison, Texas, but I lived with friends in Denton, Texas. It's, it's, a, it's a college town. Some say it's a party town. Mm-hmm. And very interesting place, to be sure, but uh, I never knew about this uh, incredible pregnancy clinic until recently. One of one of our listeners, uh, Michelle, tipped us off, and they were the first in the nation to be attacked post the leak from uh, Justice Scalia and his draft statement on Dobbs, which we're still waiting for the official ruling on that. Mike, you live in the hot seat there in Virginia. Um, do you think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reasonably sure it's going to come down as, as uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, but we don't know, I guess, until it's finally said and done. What say you? It ain't over till it's over, I agree, but I, I think the court has swung enough that uh, this will probably be overturned and returned back to the state level, which is probably the way our founders intended it, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, nah, I mean, I think the founders probably intended for abortion to be illegal, to be honest. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I realize on the abortion issue, but I'm saying on most general, oh, yeah. decisions yeah. are all right. supposed to be done at the state level. Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre. We live in a, a country where we think that the one-size-fits-all government at the Fed level will solve all of our problems, whereas, you know, the founding fathers, I believe, uh, made this very clear that whatever... Whatever the federal government is not supposed to manage, it automatically and by default is managed by the states themselves. And every state has differences, right? They're not all the same. I mean, they have different populations, different aspects, uh, not only geography, population, but also industry and, and otherwise. And it's bizarre to think that we're going to treat Montana or Kansas the same way we're going to treat Manhattan or Los Angeles. It, it's really bizarre, but... 
that's the world we live in. And now uh, President Joe Biden, Catholic President Joe Biden, supposedly, he's saying he's going to use executive authority to if if Roe gets overturned, he's just going to buy fiat start allowing and uh for all kinds of different things uh to block the the uh this states that want to stop abortion in their country or in their state rather i just got my coffee praise be to god it's black that's a good start um you know like for instance the, i think the uh, the article that i read on joe biden was that he may even allow abortions to be facilitated on military bases in states like texas or florida or or uh, places like that where that are uh, banning abortion outright. I mean, how horrible is that that our tax dollars will go directly to this yet again? Well, the rise of the imperial presidency, which is a 20th century invention, uh, is really coming back to get us right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an arrogance I hear, particularly from Northeasterners uh, in the U.S., where they say nobody needs X, Y, or Z. And they don't know what it's like to live in Alaska or on the Arctic Circle in Alaska mm. or northern Montana where, yeah. uh, you know, their four-legged predators will get you just like two-legged predators <laughs> will. Hey, hey, I, I, live in a, I live in Alaska and a heartbeat. I mean, you wouldn't have to ask me twice. And the winters are rough, but, man, the summers are glorious. Praise be to God. And, whew, <laughs> man, all of that wonderful fishing game opportunity up there. But at any rate, uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat, uh, there's a story, actually. Uh, David O'Grace is on with us, but there's a story that's breaking um, coming out of Worcester, Massachusetts. There's an article that I'm looking at right now. It says, Worcester Bishop to issue formal decision prohibiting nativity school from identifying as Catholic for flying pride flags or Black Lives Matter flags. And uh, this is fascinating stuff given... uh, Given the trend today to sort of go along, to get along, and uh, keep your head down and, and hope nobody notices you, kind of uh, atmosphere we live in in the church. And David O'Gray is here to comment on that. Good morning to you, David. Hey, Joe. How's everybody going? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. So this story out of Worcester, this is fascinating stuff. Um. Yeah. So... What's going on? Sorry, I couldn't hear you too well. It's probably speaker my name, but apologize about that. But I know we're talking about the story that's breaking out of the diocese um, where the bishop, <laughs> he's just doing his job. And it's weird that we have to be <laughs> like surprised and happy that a bishop is doing his job, right? Um, but what's going on is that um, the school there has been flying flags um associated with gay pride and it's flags associated with Black Lives Matter, which are movements that are just completely antithetical to what the Catholic Church believes. Um, the bishop has been patient with them and trying to get them to remove these flags and trying to get them to adhere to his authority as bishop that he has in a diocese. This school is a Jesuit school, and they're saying that, well, we're independent. We don't have to be... Um, you know, we don't have to, we're, we don't receive any money from the diocese. So we're we really don't have to we really don't fall under his authority. And so that's how they're they're pushing back. And now they're appealing to um, whatever means they have to get the bishop to so they can continue to fly these flags. And they said we're going to keep flying these flags and they're saying that we're flying these gay pride flags, these um, and these black matter, black lives matter flags. 
knowing that, yeah, some people in society, they, they view these flags as, you know, um, different type of movements. But we're saying we're, we're using them to just be inclusive to all our students and let our students know that they're, they're welcoming. So that, that's, 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 that's what's going on. And I, I thought I was really disappointed by this story, Joe, that because it, it just seems that at every opportunity that, you know, serious people do serious things, right? And mm-hmm. we try to improve ourselves in our life. You try to improve yourself professionally. People try to improve themselves academically or in arts or in science. Every aspect in life, we try to improve ourselves, except when it comes to our relationship with God. <laughs> except when it comes to being obedient to Christ in his church. Amen. Then we, we just choose humanism. We choose ourselves. We choose um, anything other than being saints. And, and that's why it's so disappointing that they're leading these, these children down this, this, this path of humanism and giving an example to these children. No, you don't have to be obedient to the bishop. No, you can choose yourself over Christ in his church. And it's, it's like a form of, of spiritual child abuse, of, yeah. even to the parents and people who work there. And, and it's very sad and it's very disappointing that they went down this path. You know, it's interesting because as you were talking about this and, you know, you were trying to, I think you were trying to be fair about, okay, the school's saying, listen, we just want to include all of our students. I mean, okay, let's just say that that's an innocent enough intention. Well, just hypothetically for the sake of the conversation. Well, because symbols mean things, right? If I were to put Che Guevara up on a flag, I would be embracing all that Che Guevara stood for, which was the murder of innocent Cubans. Or what if I put a pirate flag up there? Would I be embracing the, the murder and theft? of innocent sailors on the high seas, you know, two, three hundred years ago? Or what if I use one of the Azov battalion patches? Uh, would I be embracing Nazism as the Ukrainian battalion does there in Mariupol? I mean, when we, we put symbols up, sometimes we just give ourselves a pass to forget about what those symbols are actually communicating to the world and how can we as Catholics embrace something that is intrinsically evil, which is giving up the natural order for an unnatural order. What say you, David O'Grey? Yeah, that's that's essentially it. We're we're just giving in <laughs> to just the natural order, and, and and but their appeal is right to you know this idea of diversity, which we are in teaching, right? Um, at least in the church's teaching, that somehow there's some greater good in diversity. That hasn't that hasn't bared out in society. If you read people um, like Thomas Sowell, diversity has never been like a, a, the strength that people is make are making it out to be. But also, when we look at the church teaching that diversity, we have a diversity of gifts that we receive in the Holy Spirit. Diversity <clears throat> that has been given us to us from God. These gifts that we use to build up the body of Christ and build up the church and share with one another. Diversity isn't. Uh, uh, something in and of, of itself that human beings can generate and that we can procure so that we can be better humans <clears throat> so that we can uh, pursue virtues. Um, I'm sorry, anti-virtues, things that are again, antithetical um, sodomy, um, all those things associated um, with um, um, the gay pride movement, as well as, um, communism things are associated with the black mm. um, black lives matter movement which is interesting because that's another one of those things that gets hijacked right because everybody wants to say black lives matter i mean i remember after the george floyd uh situation i said black to say black lives matter is not enough 
uh, because, of course, black lives matter. Every life matters. The, 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 the dignity of the human person is at stake in our world today. There's a complete war against the dignity of the human person. There's an attack on the dignity. We see that in every one of these drag events. A dignity of the human person gets attacked when we, we hijack uh, these good things and we use them as banners or slogans or uh, just some way to manipulate the populace towards uh, an evil end. And the Black Lives Matter, they openly embrace Marxism and socialism. They openly embrace these ideas and they're hijacking a cause uh, that so many people blindly buy into and they don't even know what they're getting into because they just put up the flag like we saw i was driving down the road uh, the other day and i saw you know ukrainian flag or you i support ukraine it's like ukraine isn't helped in the slightest because you put a flag outside your house and what was what's really i think another thing that's disappointing along that line same line thing of, of what you're saying is that when we Put these things, elevate these things, um, these movements, these flags as type of sacraments in a sense. And that we use them to point to and say this is where we should, these are the things that we should be um, worshiping in a sense. Um, and that we, we point to instead of Christ. Um, instead of the crucifix, instead of the cross, it would be so easy for the school just to have, you know, an American flag, a backing flag, have anything right um, elevated, papal flag, yeah. the school on it on its flagpole. But they've again, they, they've chosen they sh they've chosen humanism and they've chosen a world is over over crucifix and Christ in his church. Yeah, yeah. You know, David, I was just thinking while you were talking about how diversity is not really a virtue in and of itself, and I was thinking about the fact that. There is uh, one of the marks of the church is the, the fact that the church is one, despite the fact that it is a diverse, it is one. It is universal, but it's one. And the same thing is true of the attributes of God, right? God is three uh, distinct persons, yet what, what, is, what is one of the attributes of God, right? It's the unity, is that he is oneness. He has a, a unitas, that is an element to God, an attribute of God. And diversity... And we kind of have this idea that perversity is diversity, but perversity is not diversity. Diversity can be a good thing in the, in the sense that we want to have all peoples that are part of the church, but we don't want all peoples to bring in their ideas and their all their things into the church and change the church. We want the church to form us, not us to form the church. What say you, David? Yeah, yeah, diversity. Um, you know, heaven's going to be quite diverse in that sense, right? <laughs> it's going to be quite diverse in that sense, but it's not going to be diverse in in the sense of what humans consider diversity. Um, again, I harken back to um, Tom Thomas Sowell, right? He he was saying, oh, the the people on the left, you know, they they choose this diversity when they they say, oh, we should get people of of different the, the race construct in and people of the different sexual preferences in. And Tom Sowell's point out in his book Race and Culture is that 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 type of diversity has never really bared out as far as improving people. That we we've seen that schools that tend to have the same um, genders, um, all boys schools seem to do better than schools with um, boys and girls. You know, they just perform academically. Insane with race. So the, the type of diversity they they put together really has hasn't made society better. But the, the type of diversity that 
Catholicism is calling people to. Um, the diversity of gifts, the diversity of talents, the diversity of all people's call to salvation. That's the type of diversity that, that, um, that does benefit people. And that, um, again, it's going to be reflective of what we see in heaven, that true unity that we're being called to through our baptism of being one in Christ. Amen to that. David O'Gray is the author of The Gray Report. You can find him on YouTube, and uh, but just go to his website, davidlgray.info. That's davidlgray.info. D- David, thanks for being on with us. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, sir. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. All see right. you guys next time. Praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to do something fun. We're going to give out prizes. Just that, pff, enough with a negative. Let's have some fun. We're going to play our game three last chances to get in on the prize pack and then give out the prizes all of that coming up next but you have to make a phone call to do it at 877-757-9424 that's 877-757-9424 this is a messy family minute with mike and alicia hernan summer's here and one of the most important things you can do with your children this summer is waste time with them one of the best ways to waste time with kids is by playing with them card games, board games, group games, charades. But why are fun and games so important in family life? Having fun as a family reminds us that we are more than just a breadwinner or a chore machine. It's a way of reclaiming our identity as a family and spending time in those relationships that matter most. Fun and games helps to grease the wheels in family life and helps everyone to live and work together more effectively. Enjoying the presence of those we love also gives us a foretaste of heaven, that wonderful communion that we will have with loved ones and with God our Father. So ask yourself and your spouse this important question. How can we play together as a family this summer? For more on this topic, listen to our podcast on games at MessyFamilyMinute.org. I once had a gentleman come up to me and say he didn't think the principle of non-contradiction was true. That perhaps something could be and not be in the same respect at the same place and time. Now, skepticism doesn't get any more radical than this. The principle of non-contradiction is the principle upon which all human knowledge is based. So, how do we defend it? It's pretty simple. A skeptic can only speak against the principle if his words have the intended meaning and not the opposite. For example, if a skeptic says the principle is false, well, then he must intend the statement to mean what it expresses and not the opposite. Namely, the principle is true. But this presupposes the principle and thus undermines his attempt to deny it. So a skeptic can't deny the principle of non-contradiction without ending in self-defeat. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. Uh, and on our agenda today is to give out prizes, actually. That's going to happen here in just a few moments. But uh, we're going to need to open up the phone lines here. Uh, first caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. One more time. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Now, here is the deal. 
And I will tell you all of my secrets and agendas if you promise me not to tell anybody else. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something that you didn't know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. Just think about the bragging rights alone. And then, of course, we uh, like to have a laugh. And our callers are amazing. Praise be to God. They laugh with us. We enjoy that most. But the kicker is... We give out prizes, which makes it kind of a winner for everybody. And we're going to do that here in a moment, actually. But if you're new here, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not be asking any of our callers, which so far, there's no call on the line. I do have someone on standby, just in case, but no call on the line. Uh, so you've got a great opportunity at 877-757-9424. But if they don't know the answers, that's because we don't even ask them the questions. We ask Mike and uh, Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. And then the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Mike or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Mike, what could they win? Hey, Joe, remember back when you were a young man and Neil Ooh. Armstrong said, one small <laughs> step for man, I wasn't one there. giant leap mm. for the sacred heart? I'm too young for that, praise be to God. <laughs> remember when we went to the moon and put that U.S. flag there? That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mike sat behind Jesus in uh, grade school. <laughs> Take out a slice of your neighborhood for the sacred heart. Amen. Rashia Design Company was founded in 2018 by Stephanie Roberts in pursuit of a lifelong dream of running her own business and creating art for the glory of God. On her site, you'll find everything you need for liturgical living, from amazing Catholic stationery to home and kitchen items. This week, Stephanie has offered a Sacred Heart lawn flag and a $20 gift card for our winner. Please check out her website at gratiadesignco.com. That's G-R-A-T-I-A designco.com. And show her some love. Yeah, praise be to God. All right. Well, okay. Now, there's the deal. I suppose it goes that way sometimes. I'm not sure if we're having phone problems, but we didn't get a caller, but we do have someone in studio as our uh, our ace in the hole, our uh, our, our backup sneaky uh, you know, you know the coffee have, fetcher. Yeah, the <laughs> coffee fetcher guy who happens to also be one of my sons. Praise be to God. John Paul, good morning to you. Howdy. Uh, now, today's special day. Uh, you're about to uh, finish up the Catholic Summer Writers Camp. At the University of St. Thomas. Are you excited? I am. Did, what, do you know what you're going to be reading at your uh, your big reveal? Nope. You have no idea? None. Not going to write it right now on the way there. Is it, did you, you wrote a, uh, a, a, was it a poem in, in the Scottish rogue dialect or something? No, I did a dialogue comedy oh. about Lachlan Hector kidnapping the Lord MacDonald. Hey, good Catholic McLeans, okay? Yeah, uh, what, I love them. What else can you do besides uh, kidnap your lord and then force him to give you land and castle? It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, uh, exactly. You can write very sad <laughs> psalms. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully it's upbeat, whatever they get you to read. But, all right, now, here's the, here's the sneaky part about John Paul. He, we actually have uh, the same set of cards at the house. <sighs> and I'm pretty sure you've read all of them by now. I've gone through all the red Okay, so there's a good chance you won't know these. This is one of the red ones. Oh, praise be to God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now, I know John, now, John Paul, you, you, whether you get the answers right or wrong, you actually can't win the prize. We will donate the item to one of our CDT insiders. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Are we ready to play? I am. Let's do this. All right, Mike, 
We will start with you since you are sitting in Rudy Carlos's seat. Except Rudy Carlos's seat is empty. Actually. Wow. Details. Details. <laughs> Come on. You know what I meant. Mike, are you ready, sir? I am ready. Now, John Paul, you should know Mike has no tie on. Oh, so no I tie. interpret that how you will. But to be fair, yes. you don't either. <laughs> I never do. You notice that, huh? All right, Mike, can you tell me what does the. Hold on. Didn't we read this yesterday? Uh, check the other chat. Check the other chat. I'm like, wait Uh-oh. a second. These were these were questions from yesterday. What chat am I looking for now? Check the Look one with Mike. The one that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't see the questions. Hold. Okay, I got them. I got them. All right, here we go. <laughs> That's funny. How was Saint Stephen put to death, Mike? What say you? Oh, we all know this. I mean, we're taught this in our fine Catholic schools. He he died because of inverted crucifixions. Inverted crucifixion, you say? So we always see like upside down crosses associated with Saint Stephen. Is that what you're trying to? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a satanic cross. Uh, no, sure. no. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me how was Saint Stephen put to death? How was Saint Stephen put to death? You know, I don't even need to tell it. I could just let JP tell you. But it was it was by stoning. It was by stoning. Really? It was. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh huh. Well, John Paul. Stoning's not a type of dance, by the way. Is it, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. Not All like right. a floss or something. Also, not a Saturday night activity for high schoolers. Uh, no. Okay. No. That, that, got I, it. Actively discouraged. Actually. Actively. The praise be to God. All right, John Paul. You've got choices here. Uh, Adrian seems to think Saint Stephen was stoned to death, whereas Mike seems to think he was crucified upside down. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? John Paul. What say you? Well, I'm homeschooled, and uh, I know Adrian is right. Wait, hold on. You're violating the rules. One cannot admit Adrian is correct with such a confidence in your tone of voice. JP knows. He's you a smart kid. You have to do so in a diminutive he's, way. Like, he, oh, I'm clearly so sorry. He's a smart kid. Look, he's wearing a tie for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I have no a other choice but man. to admit this publicly. Adrian happens, I guess, to be right. You get this. You get, come on. You get next time. You got to do better. All right, but you are in fact correct. He was stoned to death. Saint Stephen being the first official martyr of the church. All right, praise be to God. You uh, are going to possibly give away a prize to one of our CDT insiders today. You have a chance. You're in the cup. We'll see if we can't double your chances here. With this next question, we go to Adrian. I'm very convinced that he's probably going to get all three of these. You think so? Yeah. It'd be very embarrassing if he doesn't, though. <sighs> and I'm his dad. Yeah, so. what does it say about you? No pressure! All right, here we go. What is the term for a major decree... From the mm. Apostolic Chancery, mm. the most solemn of communications originating in the Vatican. Yes. That would be a dogmatic uh, council. Really? Yes. Wow. A dogmatic council. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a catmatic council. No, no, no. Okay. Not, not that kind of dog. <laughs> no. Different oh, kind of dog. Like a teaching, like what we call Dogmatic meaning, okay, meaning yeah. doctrine. God, doctrinal. yes, of mm-hmm. course. Dogmatic. All right. Uh, Mike, can you tell me what is the term for a major decree from the Apostolic Chancery, the most solemn communications originating from the Vatican? What do we call that? Oh, Adrian's right. It does have the name of an animal in it, but it's an apostolic bull. I'm, I'm starting to pick up on a trend here. You're making things up. Okay, so apostolic bull, you say. <laughs> Well, John Paul, you've got Tricky. choices. <laughs> is the most is the the term for the major decree of from the Apostolic Chancery an Apostolic Bull, as Mike says, or is it a dogmatic council, as Adrian says? Fifteen seconds on the clock. What say you, John Paul? I like steak, so I'm going to go with Mr. Mike. 
Ooh. Survey says. Easy peasy. Bull for the win. Though it's not bull like the animal. <laughs> it's bull like bullio, meaning like a, a stand, like a the wax seal on a on a document. Less cool than just saying bull. Okay, okay. so it's Italian cheese yeah. on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, an, it's Italian, right? It's an Italian bull. Very good. You're in. Cra praise be to God. Apostolic bull is the correct answer to that question. All right, third question. Perfect score is possible. Let's just see. I'm going to say this is easily the easiest question of today. Mm, this is definitely the hardest question that we've ever had in the history of the church. I didn't see that coming. I, okay. Back to Mike. Mike, can you tell me, Nazareth was in which province? Well, as a geography teacher, I have to know this. It was the province of Jerusalem. You have to know that. Wow. Like the standards are high. Praise be to God. All right, let's see what uh, Adrian says. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? I know you're a, you're an expert in geography. Uh, oh. Nazareth was in which province? Everything is just north of Texas for me, so that would be. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the province of Galilee. The province of Galilee, mm -hmm. you say? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, John Paul, the question is: Nazareth was in which province? Was it Galilee, as Adrian suggests, or Jerusalem, as Mike suggests? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? John Paul, what say you? Hmm. I'm going to go with Galilee. Are you sure? I am. No, you're wrong. I did. No, I'm right. No, it's Jerusalem. It's Galilee. No, it's Galilee, it's Galilee. Joe. Is it? It yeah. is Galilee. Why does it say the province of Jerusalem is the right answer, on, reading the, on, my our, answer. on our cheat sheet? <laughs> you're reading the wrong part. Yeah. But I'm going to draw a name anyway. Jesus of Galilee. I am so shook. <laughs> Let's see. We get a winner. It is... I can't read Rudy's handwriting. Forrest. <laughs> Forrest. There you go. Forrest. There you go, folks. Praise be to God. Thank you for playing our game today, John Paul. Pleasure. Uh, Forrest, congratulations. We'll be sending you this beautiful GraziaDesignCo.com Sacred Heart flag. And uh, what a flag it will be in your yard. Praise be to Jesus. If you can join us in the after show, we would love to have you. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday for another round of Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, yeah, you did. right here on your favorite Catholic yeah. radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. I Bye now, and God love you. I only read the chat for... The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
We offer this holy sacrifice as a mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening in on our Guadalupe Radio Network. Father, we thank Thee who has planted Thy holy name within our hearts. Knowledge and life and faith and life immortal, Jesus, Thy Son, to us imparts. Thou, Lord, didst make all for Thy pleasure. Didst give man food for all his days, giving in Christ the bread eternal. Thine is the power, be thine the praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary of the Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy in us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, strengthen those who hope in you, graciously hear our pleas, and since without you mortal frailty can do nothing, grant us always the help of your grace, that in following your commands we may please you by resolve and by our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the second book of Kings. When Thyla, the mother of Ziah, saw that her son was dead, she began to kill off the whole royal family. But Josheba, daughter of King Jehoram and sister of Ahijah, took jo Joash, his son, and spirited him away, along with his nurse. From the bedroom where the princes were about to be slain, she canceled him from Athiah, so he did not die. For six years he remained hidden in the temple of the Lord, while Athaliah ruled the land. But in the seventh year, Jehoiadin summoned the captains of Karens and the guards. He had them come to him in the temple of the Lord, exacted from them a sworn commitment, and then showed them the king's son. The captains did just as Jehoiadin, the priest, commanded, each one with his men, both those going on duty for the Sabbath and those going off duty that week. Come Jehoiadid the priest. He gave the captain's king David's spears and shields, which were the temple of the Lord, 
and the guards with drawn weapons lined up from the southern to the northern limit of the enclosure surrounding the altar and the temple of the on the temple on the king's behalf then Jehoiada led out the king's son and put the crown and insignia upon him they proclaimed him king and anointed him clapped their hands shouting long live the king Athaliah heard the noise made by the people and appeared before them in the temple of the Lord. When she saw the king standing by the pillar, as was the custom, and the captains and trumpeteers near him, with all the people in the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets, she tore her garments and cried out, Treason, treason. Jehoiada, the priest, instructed the captains in command of the force, Bring her outside through the ranks. If anyone follows her, he added, let him die by the sword. He had given orders that she should not be slain in the temple of the Lord. She was led out forcibly to the horse gate of the royal palace, where she, where she was put to death. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord as one party and the king and the people as the other, by which they would be the Lord's people, and another covenant between the king and the people. Thereupon all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and demolished it. They shattered its altars and images completely, and slew Matin, the priest of all. <coughs> and before the altars, Jehoiada appointed a, detached, a detachment for the temple of the Lord. All the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet. Then Othelia had been slain with the sword at the royal palace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has chosen Zion for his dwelling place. The Lord swore to David a firm promise from which he will not withdraw. Your own offspring I will set upon your throne. The Lord has chosen Zion from his dwelling place. If your sons keep my covenant and the decrees which I shall teach them, their sons too forever shall sit upon your throne. The Lord has chosen Zion from his dwelling place. For the Lord has chosen Zion, he prefers her for his dwelling. Zion is resting is my resting place forever. In her will I dwell, for I prefer her. The Lord has chosen Zion for his dwelling place. In her will I make horn to sprout forth from David. I will place a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame. But upon him my crown shall shine. The Lord has chosen Zion for the dwelling. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and decay destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor decay destroys, 
nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, how great will the darkness be? The Gospel of the Lord. So we have a Old Testament typology, and we have a New Testament allegory. Um, nobody is saying the word, though. The word is conscience. You have this Jehoiada, this priest of the Lord. He's not a priest of Baal. And he is deposing the queen mother, Athaliah. Um, and, you know, she had reigned and she'd put up all these idols and Baal and all this. And he's trying to establish the righteous king, Joash. This is what the conscience does it tries to kill and remove a bad law of, of the mind that your heart would follow the holy law of God, that it would have a, a righteous king, a rule of law in your heart. And that's the, the conscience is constantly, is made, is created to seek what is right and holy. And in the gospel we have the law of charity and we have the one thing that can uh, remain, charity, caritas divinum or merit is the one thing that can remain where we can store up treasures in heaven that our heart becomes more and more charitable. In fact, you could compare this. St. Teresa of Avila uses the analogy of containers, and St. Thomas Aquinas likes that word a lot, container, when we're talking about growing in merit. Not everybody in heaven is going to be the same, uh, have the same possession of divine merit or divine charity. Some will have a thimble, some will have a bowl, some will have a big ocean, but we will all be full, all be full of God, but you stretch your heart on earth by obtaining greater grace, and that's why your glory is proportioned to the grace that you, that you have on earth. And that's why it's important to be charitable, because it's not just about getting to heaven, it's about having, possessing more divine beatitude of God, being able to enjoy God more, but also being a greater intercessor for those here below. And that's why we need the conscience, which is the lamp of the body, the, the eye. Um, the conscience is what sees what is good, sees what is charitable, sees what is not only good, but also pleasing and also perfect. So we have to uh, continually form our conscience so that it is doing what is right. And as soon as you're aware of something, um, you have to seek that. I was talking to this lady last night, and it was a, it was a really funny conversation, because I was said uh, she was talking about she wanted to know what was right, and but then I found out during the conversation she didn't want to know what was right, and I said she said what I don't understand this thing of of lust. I, I, I you know um, is, is is this? And she's asking these particular sins are these sins wrong? You know they don't hurt anybody. I'm not bothering anybody. And I, and I said, well, have you ever asked God? She said, no, I, I don't want to ask God. 
It's like, well, that's your problem. Because if you would ask God, you know very well what he would say. He would say that you shouldn't do that. That's, that's wrong. And, uh, you know, not having that conversation is willful ignorance and having a malformed conscience. The conscience isn't in and of itself the king, the ruler. It's, it's just the prophet. But the conscience has to be formed by divine law, that divine rule, like Jehoiada the priest placed Joash, the righteous king. Our conscience has to be formed according to the law of God. So we have continually, as soon as we're aware that we might be wrong, we have to find out. If not, we have willful, uh, prolonged ignorance. Uh, let us continue to ask God for this grace to uh, persevere in having a formed conscience and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may help the faithful follow the righteous law of God. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our, our um, government leaders, that they may not obstruct the natural law written on every human heart, but help citizens to follow what is good. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. For an increase of vocations to priesthood religious life, we pray to the Lord. And we pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us. We make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ. And through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust. I trust in you. Jesus, I love. Jesus, I love. Jesus, I love. I love you. Brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. O God, who in the offerings presented here provided for the twofold needs of human nature, nourishing us with food and renewing us with your sacrament, grant, we pray, that the sustenance they provide 
may not fail us in body or in spirit, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your Word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints, we declare your glory, as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Deus, Domus Deus Sabaoth, Planis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, 
especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints in whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you summon before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Grow him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Receptus salutaribus moniti, et divini institutione formati, audihimus dicere, Pater Noster, qui es in cevis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in cello et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, Sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. That by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Agnus Dei, quitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, quitolis peccata mundi, domna nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon Holy Father, keep in your name 
those you have given me, that they may be one as we are one, says the Lord. spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi there, Chris Thornhill here from St. Rose of Lima, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 